welcome to episode 43 of Everyone is Everything. Today is my conversation with Brittany Lee Wynn. She's an author, and today we we mostly at least initiate the conversation talking about her series of children's books. And they are, well, you know, I'm just going to give you the titles, and I think you'll kind of get the gist as to why I was immediately um, interested in having these conversations. So the kid with the big, big ideas, the boy with big, big feelings, the girl with big, big questions. Um, and we get into everything and we talk about just being human and how it feels and the language of expressing our feelings and curiosity and awe and fear and, you know, all the good things you should talk to strangers about. So it's honestly, it's perfect. It was such a good episode. I'm so excited. I'm going to go find the books because I admittedly do not have them. I was just immediately attracted to the the titles and I was not let down. I'm so excited to release this episode. So enjoy Brittany Lee Wynn. Here we are. Here we so, are. thank you first of all, obviously for doing this. Yeah, thanks for asking me to. Yeah, I appreciate that you're in my time zone. Me um, too. That, that, that makes a difference. <laughs> like that's rare um, that I talk to someone in my time zone. I'm talking to too many Australians, and it's it's, <laughs> it's difficult. Um, but so I, I wanted to start off because I I always let these things kind of go wherever they go. Um, but I'm always like, how do I start? Yeah. And I just wanted to say that I, the thing, I don't even remember how I saw your books. I don't know where it popped up and I haven't read the entire, I don't own one, but yeah. I just saw the titles of the, the three kids books. Yeah. And I was like, this is the best. I didn't even hesitate at all. I was like, find this person, invite them on. Oh, that's so kind. So like immediately, and I've done a little bit more looking into since then, but at, at that point I was like, that's enough. Like mm -hmm. I felt it like in my, like it resonated, resonated hugely to where I was like, okay, got to talk to this person. So oh, I appreciate that. So, uh, let's just start off in the, the old fashioned way yeah. and give us a little bit of your background and, uh, you know, lead us right into, into the books that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So I, I grew up and have lived in Louisiana all my life. And, uh, you know, I've always sort of been in uh, spiritual, religious, nonprofit sort of settings, but in, in and through all of those, I have written, I've been a writer, not necessarily uh, in the beginning with any sort of hopes of um, pushing that forward professionally, but just really, you know, I remember a few years ago, someone put out on what was then Twitter, why do you write? And my response was, well, I write because I can't not, like I need it to be human. I need, I need the outlet uh, to process this humanity, this existence. And so I've always written in some form or fashion. And a lot of times that comes out through creative nonfiction. That was sort of the direction that I always found myself in. And then we had our son who's now eight. We had him in 2015 
And I started, I knew off the bat, he, he was just presenting as like an empathetic, highly sensitive child. And I saw being here sort of in the uh, Southern Bible Belt area, you know, there was just this compulsion I felt regionally um, and maybe not regionally, but this is, you know, where we're located is to encourage him to schluff that off, you know, like, you're okay, mm. you're okay. Just um, if I had a nickel for all of that, you're okay, you're okay, mm. trying to tamp down whatever emotions were there at the time. And so one day I found myself just writing a poem for him. You know, I hadn't written a poem in years, but I wrote this poem and it was called uh, The Kid with the Torso-Sized Heart. That's what it, that's where it was in my notebook. And later that year, I went to uh, a festival, the Festival of Faith and Writing up in Minnesota, and I got snowed in with hundreds of other writers and uh, about 10 hours in, someone said, let's do a pop-up poetry reading down in gate 8A. And I was like, ah, why not? Why not? You know, so I went down there and I read this random little poem uh, that was in my notes app. And an acquisitions editor came up to me afterwards and said, do you want to make that into a kid's book? And nothing like that has ever happened in my life. I, I doubt it will ever happen again. It was magical, but I didn't have like a big enough imagination for my writing to consider kids books. I think probably because I've just not taken up like kids space a lot. And, but it has been the greatest adventure. And uh, we're for that series, we're three books in now. And it has, it has been such an opportunity to sort of look at it for gender bending content or gender expanding content, but then also just, um, delving into like who needs more space, who needs more room, uh, whether that's a child or an inner child, and it's been wonderful. So that that's sort of where I I land now. Right. I I mean I I love hearing the story. It's it's and it's so cool to to recognize that this is just something that came out of you. You're like I got to put this in my little notes app, and that's where you let it live, yeah, and then it, it just got this little opportunity to peek its head out and then <laughs> turned into a whole thing. And it, it makes me think too, and I don't know exactly, you know, when you were born, but I think about like the stories that I had and the books I had as a kid, as a, a very sensitive and, and shy and, you know, emotionally overwhelmed kid. Yeah. And, you know, I can think of a couple books um, but there wasn't a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I remember there was one and I think the books and, you know, they did their best. These That's people right. like the with, time, yeah. with what information we had and, you know, our, the, the level of our understanding and our language was able to give, like there was a Sesame street book that was just called don't be shy. Like, <laughs> which is like, it, it's sweet in one way, but also like, right. no, just don't do don't the do thing. <laughs> don't do <laughs> don't feel the thing that you feel. And like, then that comes with shame and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so um, there's a lot of that, that I, that I, you know, I see my experience and then I see books like what you're writing. So it, it's, it's very nice to see this progressing into, and especially coming from a natural, like, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to write this kid's book and I'm going to sell it. That was not the intention. 
No, it and it was such, you know, it was one of those things that uh, as a as a writer, as a person online, I don't have a huge platform, you know, and it's not, but to be reminded that the right words at the right time can still find their place without some of these, you know, without an algorithm and things mm -hmm. like that. And so to, to know that I got to have an experience in my life where the right words got to come out and find a home at the right time is, um, I just can only be grateful. You know, I just feel so humbled all the time to get to be even a little piece of that. And I, especially the boy with big, big feelings. So there's for that series, the boy with big, big feelings, the girl with big, big questions and the kid with big, big ideas came out. Uh, it was the capstone project. It came out this year. And, but for the boy with big, big feelings, it resonated with so many adults, like what you're talking about. I, I think that they're across the board, uh, people of, of all genders and people who uh, of all sensitivity levels, just being able to see this as a tool that they are sort of reparenting themselves with, you know, I wish I had, uh, had this in my backpack when I was entering, you know, third grade or, um, when I was, I don't know. I, I, so I grew up in, I was born in late eighties and there were so many, you know, the push of like icebreakers and extroversion was just the norm and the default. And so to have some celebration around uh, people who have those really rich inner lives, um, right. it's neat to connect with folks who say, I see myself and I haven't seen myself uh, or I've rarely seen myself. Right, right. And like, and that's what's cool about this, because it's, I mean, even with just knowing the titles here that you just, you know, the uniqueness of each child, and like you said, inner child, which I think we'll get into in a little bit, yeah. um, is is shown because at, at one level, if you're hearing the the narrative of like, this is how you act, and you don't naturally feel that, and mm -hmm. you can't just overcome it. You can't, especially as a kid, even as an adult, you can't just be like, well, now it's time to will myself out of my feelings. Right. You know? And so then you feel like, oh, something's wrong. Yeah. Like I'm messed up. And there was a time I think, and some people maybe still like culturally would still say, yeah, something's wrong with that one. Let's yeah. fix that one with some medicine or whatever. I'm not saying that all medicine is bad or right, all, right. any of these things, but like, it's a quick jump to like, oh, that one's different something's wrong. That's right. And not, not necessarily having the imagination that the toolbox could be bigger um, and that the, the space could be uh, more diverse. And yeah, it's been, um, and, and to look at that, you know, for the, the boy having, exploring the bigger emotions piece of it. Uh, and then when we, moved into the conversation with the publisher about the girl. Um, it was, you know, this idea of like taking up space and having a voice and being curious. And, uh, and then the, the kid of course has these really outlandish ideas that, that are sort of boxed into, uh, oh, that's just, you know, that's just how they think. That's just how they, um, operate instead of wondering, like, maybe they're onto something here, you know, maybe, right maybe kids could actually have some ideas and inputs into the things that affect their world. And I have people often ask me, 
you know, okay, so you you saw your son and the boy. Obviously, you see yourself in the girl. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I kind of see a little of me in each of them. And and most people that I talk to see a little of themselves in each. And it's been neat to hear kind of across the board people say, you know, I I thought that I was unique in this way. And mm. turns out maybe I'm not. Um right. and and have some company in those spaces. Right. Have some company. That's actually really simply and well put because it's it's comforting to have company. Yeah, you know, and and even if it's not someone sitting next to you. I mean, and this is the benefit of I guess, you know, the the expansive uh, world we live in with the social medias and, and yeah. all this kind of stuff and uh, the connectivity we have um, that allows us to find these little pockets of, of people. And that we recognize, I think the next step would be recognizing that they all have their place among, it's not like we have to find your version and That's I'll right. stick with just that. It's like, you know, maybe the little, the little creative kid who was just the weirdo in third grade <laughs> could be like, oh, that's our cool like artist kid. And sometimes that, you know, you'd see that come out in high school where all of a sudden the, right. the little weird kid now listens to the to the doors and he's like yes. <laughs> making weird, weird paintings and stuff. And I mean I out of his I, time. Right, right. And so but yeah, that to find that that they have a spot to share the same space. Yeah. Like equal amount and the same, you know, and it's yeah, it's just it's really, it's really interesting to, to just have the conversation about this, knowing that, cause I was, I was born in 85. Yeah. So like to know that there was a time where this wasn't the conversation, Yeah. you know, and to, to hopefully, you know, continue to like, hopefully this, this conversation is old and over, you know, that's right. Oh man, I hopefully my nieces listen to this and they're like, man, they didn't even know how they how, didn't even know. Right, how far we were gonna come and blah 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 blah. Yeah, I hope I hope that we outgrow these books. Right. Yeah, you we know. should sound stupid in the future. That's right. Like that's, that's right. the whole plan is we should that's sound outdated. Mm -hmm. And oh, I can't believe they used to think like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah but like we and that's you know, and that kind of gives us some compassion for the people like that came that. before. You it know, does. it's like Hey, like we had to say this first before we could say the next thing, which is That's where right. we're at. We, we, uh, we progress incrementally and, um, if we don't, it can be traumatic sometimes. And so to have, to have the grace to do that and to, to reflect back on where we've come and yeah, I think it, it comes with its own, uh, dose of mercy that, um, can can be uh implemented when we're looking back and forward so i like right. that i like right that. and what's so what's so cool about the the format we're talking about with books and stories because i can't really think of anything that's not a story yes you know what i mean like it, anything at all whether it be your your spiritual tradition your your uh cultural ideology yeah your movies your books your obvious stuff as well like it's all someone telling a story about a narrative about how things are, how things should be, blah, 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 blah. And so that, that just shows the stories are super important. Yeah. And so, and I've heard you already talk about talking to some adults saying, you know, Hey, this is, 
you know, this hits me, but before we get there, I'm curious about, have you heard any like experiences of people talking about their children or even yours? Like, cause I have nieces too, and I, I'm not with them 24 seven, but when I am with them, I try to, especially the, the littler one, I, one's four and one's 12. Yeah. I try to, since she was little, have her be okay with her feelings and yeah. like learn a way to voice them, like give names to them and things like that. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, you know, some experiences since writing this that you've had with your stories that you've shared and the experience of, of younger people, children. Yeah. Yeah. That one of the things that comes to mind when you're saying that is, you know, my, my son as uh, tender as he is, he's also very private. And so there's not uh, and, and maybe those go hand in hand more often than, um, but I, I think of myself as maybe more of an oversharer and just a little bit louder than, and so when it comes to his own processing, I've tried to find ways of, you know, what does he need? What does he need room to just hold himself, but also what does he need language for? Um, and so what's been helpful is, you know, he knows that book back and back to front. It is, uh, if he never saw it again, he'd probably be okay. (laughs) But one of the things that has been nice to do is, you know, at the, when he goes back to school from a break or, uh, when we've had, uh, a, a big loss in our family, or when we've had something strange at, for instance, last year, uh, we have Mardi Gras in Louisiana, of course, and we have a parade that happens, right? here down the street and we had a shooting um at the parade that we all witnessed it was like 10 feet from us um and so it was just this traumatic moment of okay how do we this was so close to home how do we process this together and so one of the ways that that book in particular has been so helpful is I can just pull it down from the shelf and even without reading it I can say hey I'm going to flip through the pages will you point to the pages where the boy is feeling what you're feeling And so that has been, I mean, just to have an identifier where he can say a little bit of this page, a little bit of that page, um, and to be able to riff off of that and say, oh, well, tell me how those combine, you know, tell me how that feels in your body. Tell me how, um, is it different today than it was yesterday? You know, things like that. And then uh, I've seen, this is maybe one of the one of my favorite parts is to see people, especially sharing online, is just how they are using the book for uh, as fodder for like creative uh, activities. And so we'll have, I'll have some teachers posting, you know, they've done a bulletin board where they've given each child like a portrait of themselves and then they can draw their own feelings like the illustrations, like Jake did the illustrations in the book or uh, last week, someone posted where they did like a holiday Play-Doh set where you could use uh, rocks and Play-Doh to make like your feelings based on the feelings in the boy. And, you know, just having like even a tangible creative outlet, people are just using it as like a base to then expand upon, which is, it's amazing. It's amazing to it's see. unbelievable. Yeah. Like I, I'm genuinely like amazed by that just because like i know as i walk around the the world talking to adults we don't know how to say how we feel no i know like you you know if you get 
you're gonna get an I'm fine or I'm good or what I'm not I'm not talking about like the dude at Wal- yeah. the Wal- the guy at Walgreens. I'm talking about like people you work with and family and friends, like people that should feel safe to say it are not gonna say it. And yeah. I would argue that many of them don't know how. That's right. You know, and I don't know how in every case. There's certain right. relationships I have where I don't I don't know how to tell that person. And I don't even know how it feels in my body. Like I don't, I haven't, or I don't know. I haven't taken the time. I don't know how, you know, to, to name it to myself, let alone someone else. So hearing all those stories, I'm like, oh my God, like what good training, even if it's just a little bit sticks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my son said, again, he, this is not, it's not like we wrote this book and now he has all the language and he's just so emotionally intelligent beyond his years, anything like that. But uh, a few, uh, probably last year, I think, um, he was getting really irritated and about to have a meltdown, you know, and I'm getting irritated. I'm about to have a meltdown. And he just stopped and he said, I think I'm frustrated because I'm hungry and I'm cold. And I think I have felt a little lonely today. And I was like, what is this? You know, this, this ability to tune in even for this moment, maybe, maybe not any moment again for the next six months, but right. in this moment to have that language, uh, I don't know. It's, I'm hoping I'll be interested to see like, how does this serve the now eight-year-olds in 20 years? What will this look like? Right. But like you said, even if it doesn't happen again for six months, yeah. once is huge. It is. Yeah. There's, I mean, I would imagine there's people that go through their whole lives that are reacting and, ex- and kind of putting on the external, all their feelings, yeah. you know, that well, I'm, you know, you're frustrated because this or that or whatever. And it's like, man, to recognize it, especially in that simple of a thing, like, okay, physically, let me do a check. I'm a little That's hungry. Right. I'm a little cold. And also, you know, I'm a little lonely. And like to say those together implies that I mean, they might be related. Maybe one can inform, you know, maybe if That's I eat right. and I put a blanket on, I won't feel it, you know, who knows. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's you're, that's amazing because it's one of those things that even as we talk about it, I know that I don't always do that. Yeah. That I can go days or weeks where I'm just like in a place that I can't seem to articulate it. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's, it's getting plastered on the things outside of me. You know, it's other people. And exactly. Yeah. I have this, uh, I have this like journal reflection journal that I got, um, earlier this year that it, it's designed to like help you tune in. And I don't, I don't use it, um, all the time, but I'm always every time surprised when it's got this kind of step down, uh, question. And it's very simple. You know, it's like, what is it that you're feeling right now? Is there something that could be, is there a thing under the thing? You know, is there, uh, and every time I am surprised, I'm like, oh, oh, it actually had nothing to do with this, but it actually has something to do with this. And actually, if I poke around a little more, it's got something to do with this, you know, and, uh, to, to not have the tools to, or to take the time to utilize the tools, uh, right. can, can take us very different places than if we do. Right. And just, I mean, 
And so every time you talk, I'm like, there's like a thousand things. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> right. And, you know, because I, I, I've had some one time I had a person I was I was chatting with. I only talked to this person once in my whole life, which is uh -huh. kind of weird that they gave me this little nugget. Um, and they were we were talked about we were using the word tools. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with that, uh, that imagery, you think, OK, if I if I go to the store and I buy a hammer, uh -huh. I always have the hammer and it's always useful whenever I need it. But she made this comment about, you know, sometimes we 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 develop this big toolbox and sometimes sometimes you forget how to open the toolbox. Yeah, and that's it just I'm just like, there. yeah, like you you can get these tools, but it's still important, I think, to accumulate little check ins and, and tools and stuff like this. And to your point, I, I love like I'm going to have to maybe know that journal that you're talking about yeah yeah do so because i i i've noticed like when i go in and out of journaling i i took this journaling like month 30 day course or whatever yeah. online once and the basic premise they gave you prompts but the basic premise was 20 minutes non-stop like don't stop writing um kind of stream of consciousness sort of stuff yeah. And even in the times where I didn't have like an instigating feeling, you know, yeah. I would, something would surprise me. I would get like 10 minutes in and I'd be like, what was that? Oh God. Now I have to know that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you come from? Yeah. yeah. But it was always insightful. And what I'm hearing too, with the, with like your books and these and giving language and tools is it just gives us even one, the curiosity to look. Yeah. And then the, the just the the tools again to do so yeah I would say that that's probably the word curiosity which I have grown such an affection for over the last few years uh I I would say that it's probably a central theme for all three of the books is e even if it's not obvious at first it's a you know how do we get curious about feelings how do we get curious about our own curiosity uh, and then how do we get curious about ideas, whether these things are um, surfacing within us or others? You know, how do we not approach these um, things that maybe don't fit inside whatever structure, whatever societal structure or cultural structure is around us at the time? How do we get curious about them instead of uh, or first, maybe instead of judgmental or right. uh, braced, you know, for uh, I'm not comfortable with that. Let's not. Go right. There. Well, yeah. and the, the it's so funny because it all kind of cycles together because that tension and the braced defensive yeah. feeling that you get if you're curious about that feeling. If yeah. you turn that, then you might be like, oh, well, that's because this is the way I've known things. And I think if this doesn't go this way, then I'll not understand the world. And if I don't, then who am I? And then all of a sudden, it, I know that could sound scary to some people. Yeah. And you can always, you can always like put your pen down. <laughs> you right. Can, you can always go get a pizza and just like chill out. But walk away and come back. Right. But the curious, it's funny just to hear that even in that example, the, you know, we're trying not to be as, as, reactive yeah the curiosity about our reactiveness is actually what might help us um engage with our yeah. the thing that's making us reactive and it's funny i love that you've um highlighted the curiosity element and and pointed it out as like a central theme um 
because in one of my earlier podcasts, are you familiar with Ramdas? Spiritually, okay. I figured you were. I knew that. I thought a yes was coming. Yeah. Um. I I had a conversation with a guy who um worked very closely with him. Um. As a caretaker. Um. And his name is Sita Ramdas. And one of the things I I asked him because Ramdas is you know uses very sometimes very poetic language and like he says you know be loving awareness right. And that sounds so awesome. And then I, but I asked the guy, I was like, what does, how? When I'm angry, I can't be loving awareness. Like I'm going to, it's actually going to make me more angry. That's right. <laughs> and he or said, shame well, or something. right. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, now I'm, just, I'm angry, Sean, and I'm no longer loving awareness. And now I'm bad. <laughs> now I'm bad. So now let's That's add right. bad to the list. Yeah. And um, his answer to me, which has stuck with me, obviously was, oh, it's just another word for be curious. Just be curious. And yeah. I was like, it it really like let the the pressure of something so big go and that the the simplicity of it. And this is what's so amazing is now that, you know, the work that you're doing, even though it was even better because it was so natural. Yeah. Um, and it's the same theme. It's the same yeah. ideas that I'm hearing from guys who were working with Ramdas. You know what I mean? And it's just like yeah. curiosity is such an essential thing. I love, I love that. And it very much resonated as you were saying it. And I feel like, I feel like curiosity, Elizabeth Gilbert says this in Big Magic, her book that, you know, passion is uh, too much to ask of people. um, But curiosity is accessible to everybody. You can be curious at any moment of any, you know, it doesn't matter um, what you're feeling that day, what your circumstances are, like curiosity is accessible to us. And I've been reading, uh, have you read this book, uh, all the new science no. day wonder and how it can transform form your life. It's very no, good. But I'm already interested. Yeah. And so uh, in similar ways, and I think because they're interconnected, you're talking about like joy, maybe too much to ask of people. Um, it, it, joy is not always accessible. Happiness is not always accessible, but all, all we can, I can access in this moment because of how the light is falling in the room. I can access, uh, this moment because of how the conversation is, um, rolling, you know, and how energy feels and things like that. And so the idea of curiosity and all, like these things are attainable at all times. There's something powerful to that. And yeah. Oh, I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, and the, the cool thing about it is because I've always, not always, but as I've started to, um, become curious, we're going to keep mm-hmm. it like that. Yeah. I started to notice little, uh, language things that we've always been taught that I never even thought of that I didn't like, for example, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, do I have to stay on this treadmill pursuing <laughs> happiness? All I'm gonna get tired. Like, can I sit? <laughs> like, can I sit down? Even if the thing that I want more than anything is at the end of this road, if it's an uphill climb, there's gonna be times I need to sit. That's like right. the constant pursuit is not gonna be beneficial. Yeah. It's going to exhaust me and it probably will make me collapse and never get to that's right. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Yeah. Thank you for putting that in a really yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect way. Um, so yeah, so this pursuit, this and the per, it's not that happiness is bad. I'm not attacking happiness. Right. I'm attacking the constant pursuit. Yeah. 
That's of right. happiness and how the expectation that if if we don't have happiness in this moment, then we weren't pursuing it. We weren't doing our part yeah. to like get there. And it, like you said, it's not always accessible. So then the question is, well, what is? Yeah. And awe and curiosity. Because here's the here's the bad news. Because okay. you say awe, and we're it's like being the moment and the light and all the stuff and uh-huh. perfect. And that's not untrue. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll go to the gas station and I'll be pumping gas and I'll be like, don't look at your phone. And then I'll just look at the skyline. And no matter where I am, I'll be like, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's just there all the time. All the time. Yeah. And it'll just like sink me into the moment. But here's the bad news. Like I said, is that sounds all great. And that is all great. But the curiosity element, like we said earlier, also is informing the challenging stuff. That's right. So like when we say happiness isn't because it doesn't feel good to feel bad, (laughs) you know, not to say that there's absolute good and bad feelings, but there are ones that are more challenging. Yeah. And when we feel those, like when you say awe and curiosity, this is why I love that you use both of those words. Sometimes I'll get stuck on one. Yeah. Oh, there's the awe and I want to see. And then, you know, but sometimes when it's challenging, be curious and having both of those in conjunction and even though they're kind of speaking to the same thing yeah they work the language works for specific situations this is all stuff i'm thinking of now so if i'm rambling no no it's great Um, but i love that they talk about when they're talking about all two in a lot of uh, this book and then other podcasts i've been listening to they it's always like this you know wonder this mystery and but it's not always like a grateful like there there's a there's a side of all that's also like got a little bit of unnerved to it like I am at all by I am awed by this moment this but I'm also a little afraid because it's Mm. outside of me and so I I feel like I feel like for both curiosity and all there's two sides of the you know there's uh it, it doesn't just fit into like this is going to, like you said, lead to happiness, lead to, but um, these are going to be constant companions that I can access that can help me move away from judgment of myself, judgment mm-hmm. of someone else, judgment of a moment as uh, bad or wrong. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, that. constant companions, you keep saying little things that I, I don't know if you see me like jot them down, but like, constant companion it's good too because we think about you know it's like that uh that that saying uh, and you've probably heard uh, you know and that it, you can put it any different challenging emotion in but like you know fear is a fine passenger but not a good driver like yeah fear can be like hey be careful but don't let it take the wheel because if it takes yeah, the wheel yeah. then you know where well, that's where stuff gets difficult that's right and what what i liked about you saying um curiosity and awe can also be constant companions is i put them in my like immediately when you said that i put them in my imaginary car where me and fear are driving <laughs> around and i i had this thought right away that was like you know if fear starts like chattering really loud while I'm driving I can be like hey will you talk to curiosity for a second that's right can y'all work this out a little bit yeah yeah, you talk (laughs) and like and but I also love that you you did because I was kind of getting stuck on even just before you started talking about awe being equal to the good stuff yeah 
but that's not always the case either. And yeah. any of these, you know, like you said, awe and fear happen together. Yeah. You know, one of the, I would say one of the moments that I have experienced all the most profoundly was at my uh, granddad's deathbed uh, in hospice. Mm. And it was this moment of, you know, the family had been called in, the the rattle had started. Um, it was, it was inevitable and probably soon. And I had just had this thought earlier in the evening, we had made it back to our home, which was an hour away when they called and said, we need to come back in. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drive the extra three miles and grab my guitar just in case. And we went in and uh, sat at his bedside, unsure of what world he was in, you know, at this point and just saying, and it just felt like, it felt like midwifing him into the next realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sad and uh a deep loss. And yet it was just so mystical, you know? And so, um, like this is bigger than me. I don't have words for it. I feel. And so with that, like, I feel, I feel like all comes at these moments where, you know, even being faced with mortality or, um, the, the ability of the human will to triumph over, Um, oppression or you know like all of these different things that it's not just in the good moments of um, right yeah you know I'm looking at this tree in my backyard which that happens too but Mm -hmm. also these other times where I'm like something is outside of me that right I mean yeah that what a I mean what an example (laughs) but it's I mean to to be able to see the the awe and like the the mystical feeling, which is what kind of we're talking about just in different language. Um yeah. in that moment, in this moment of loss, like just yeah. simply simply put. And you know, we can and this is what's so interesting about this conversation and what it's helping me remember, not that yeah. it's something I'm but is that there's the the duality is false. The right. this or that is false. But we're going to keep feeling the duality because that's where we are. Like That's right. That's how so, we understood things. That's right. how we, yeah. Right. This is how we function like, you know, and that's okay. Um mm-hmm. but that example it, it even made me think I was like, well, what's the other end? And I was like, well, you know, even let's think of the thing that Hollywood and everyone tells us is the the top the like romantic movie Uh with the butterflies and like Uh once you meet that person and the you know when you know you know all the good stuff like everything everyone the princess meeting the prince and all these stories whether they're fairy tales or hugh grant or whoever the new person is Um, (laughs) uh, so like if we put we use that story and we say okay well that feels great Mm -hmm. It feels amazing. Or butterflies, we're jumping after we their first kiss and we leave that date and all this stuff. That comes there, whether you like to believe it or not, part of the reason that that's so amazing is because there is risk and fear in there. Like you can't, you have to have that in there. So on to see the the kind of 
non-dualism in these emotions and i I don't want to use that word necessarily because sometimes it seems like 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 we said the duality is part of our experience but even in these great stories like the these stories great um in quotes Mm -hmm. you know these these narratives that we desire also come with a level of fear and a level of risk and so it's just so interesting to hear your story and then, you know, think about stuff like that, where it's like, oh, either end of this has yeah. awe, has, has fear, has all of it, which, yeah. you know, is why these, these books, like we we're talking about and what, like you've written, um, are so significant because now we can talk about these, we can yeah. say how they're mixing and all that stuff. So I, I it's, it's so good. That it makes me, and I, I feel like, I feel like probably I've heard someone else touch on this. This is, I don't think this is from my brain, but it's Mm -hmm. making me think that, you know, the, that awe and curiosity and like all sorts of, whether you're at a deathbed or whether those first butterflies, like there, there's an element of all of those things that um, make you feel small, but like in a good way, you know, I, I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's bad language for, or, or not, not accurate language for, I think feeling small can sound negative, but right. it's like this idea of like, I am a part of a bigger story, a bigger world. There's, there's more to this than what might be distracting me or consuming me at any given moment. And so um, I feel like humility is probably at the, the core of curiosity at the core of all at the core of all of those things. And that uh, I'm curious, like how all of that, like plays into what it, what it means to like live a rich existence as a human. Um, uh, and, and what humility and, and that small feeling, right. Uh, how that plays in. Right. Well, and it, that's, what's interesting about it is like you said, we, you know, some people you hear, so it's like when you look up at space or you look at the ocean yeah. and then you're like, oh no, I'm insignificant. And you're like, hey, yeah. <laughs> well, that means that maybe there's not as much pressure as that's it feels fine. like. Like maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, you know, maybe um, the thing that you're worried about is, is you know, is okay. And that's not to diminish, like we do have real suffering here. That's right. That's real right. suffering on individual levels on and huge levels as we know, but with that but you can still be engaged in that while also recognizing your i want again even like you now that you said i'm like yeah smallness sounds bad but I know. <laughs> your humility like like your your little like the 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 part that you play and what's interesting mm-hmm. is um you know there's a there's a hindu term called leela are you familiar mm-hmm. with that i'm not um and it's it's essentially the the dance that we're doing here so mm-hmm. we are you know we are here and we're separated from the the reality of the big non-dual connected yeah. oneness everything yeah. all that stuff but right now there's a veil yeah you know maya which is keeping us from seeing that and while we're yeah. on this while we're veiled in maya we the the leela is the dance the part yeah. we play yeah and what i'm slowly learning um is that that dance doesn't dismiss all of the feelings and all of the realities of the world. 
I mean, in a way, it does, you could, depending on who you talk to, you'd say, well, that it isn't reality. Reality is actually the oneness. But while yeah. we're here, while we're here, this is our this is our reality. Like I can't in reality, yeah, right. And whether and to say, okay, it's a Leela, it's a it's a dance that we're doing. I I I love that, but it doesn't, and it, it points out the smallness thing that we talked about. That yeah. like we're part of a larger thing, but also uh, lets us engage like especially when we talk about feelings the way we are which is yeah they're included all yeah. of them are included the good yeah. the hard ones the 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 ones we desire all of them are included yeah. yeah and so but it is a dance and it is something that we're just we're in it and we yeah. have to like kind of figure out how to do this and you know this is something i'm i i started this podcast and with like maybe a shred of thinking I knew what I was talking about, yeah. but I have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's what I'm learning. And I like it that way, which is similar to what you said, like that recognizing that maybe that your part, not that it's not big, but it's, it's part of this huge thing. Yeah. So maybe it's you don't know, like maybe the next breadcrumb. Right. And yeah. like, and, I mean, there, we're going off on a lot of different things, but it it's just yeah it's i don't even know how to stick that landing so mm -hmm. i'm not even gonna try i'm just gonna let this be <laughs> in the air be. because you yeah. know what i'm gonna do it because it's uncomfortable for me yes. to do like right now space for discomfort that's right, right. yeah this is, and <laughs> it sounds like that's like a well-played thing and i'm fine no this feels it feels weird wow. to yeah. just leave it because i'm i'm hosting this i should have something lined up i should have some kind of way to tie it in but really, that was just how I felt about what we were saying. Yeah, no, I love that. And I feel like what I've what I have witnessed at least enough times at this point to trust it a little bit is that uh, not tying things up gives people a chance to like you, you don't know how something needs to um, develop in somebody else's world and mind and ears and um, sometimes the compulsion to tie up is strong within me, but, uh, so often I am surprised that people didn't need it. Right. Well, it's the, it's the, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with Alan Watts as well. I'm not. Oh, okay. Well, Alan uh, Watts is a similar, uh, figure as Ram Dass, just in with okay. a different, different flavor, like okay. kind of a Western guy who, taking notes now to, who kind of filtered some eastern ideas okay. through a western lens yeah. so i um, mean he is so good um to okay. listen listen to he's got an amazing voice and an awesome laugh but one of the things he says is you know and then we're going to bring up this dance thing again is well he, he talks about with music and with dance he talks about music being like the point of a composition mm -hmm. is not the finale Mm -hmm. not to get to the finale as quickly as possible and to like have it end in this like okay we got it it's not wrapped up nicely at the very end he's like in that case every orchestra would play as fast as they could to get to the finale or they would just be like you'd go to the symphony and it would just be like finale finale it would just be That's the right. finales <laughs> and everyone How boring. Like, cool. right because we want the trip like we want yeah. to get to the finale so and sometimes in, in this real world that we're talking about, like when we use that metaphor, it works, but sometimes there's not the finale in the way that we expect yeah. it to. And, but we're, 
we think we need it in many cases, but it's, and he says the same thing about a dance. He says, you know, you don't dance to get to the end point, the last step of the yeah. dance. You dance to do the dance. Um, that's the whole point. Yeah. And so when you talk about like, and you know, when I was just feeling like I needed to stick my landing yeah. to like tie that, that little like thought process up and it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And then as you said, you know, you struggle with that too that wasn't the point, you know, and I've found in this podcast, even that, um, having questions is good. Having some preparation, some idea of where you'd like, because all I'm doing when I write questions is kind of formulating an intention. Yeah. What would I like to talk about? Like, what are some of the ideas? Why, why do I want to talk to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. But once I start like, and I say something, instead of trying to lead you, I sh you know, just let this happen and let it unravel and see, handed. see what happens. And then because half the time, I'm more than, I would say all the time, I don't really have control. I think I do. Yes. <laughs> it's just, an illusion. it's just an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I, a lot of spaces that I feel still are, um, well, like the last year and a half I served and uh, up until about three months ago, I was like, pulpit pastoring. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just the idea of, um, like parables are very open-ended, you know, and it's very like, I, I think notoriously people were like, yeah, but okay, what's the point? Okay. Mm -hmm. But what's the point, you know, right. and the idea that like, it's not just, um, a style necessarily, but there's a strategy even to the open-handedness of trusting people with hearing what they are ready to hear at any given time. And I think, I mean, to circle back to the books themselves, like, I think there's a piece of that as well is just like trusting people with who they are, um, trusting people to hear what they're ready to hear when they're ready to hear it. I think about like when, when I've talked about parables in the past, like I can, I can read like, for instance, uh, like the story of the Good Samaritan. There's like seven different characters in there. At different points in my life, I have been every character. Mm -hmm. um, and I have seen myself in in different versions of that. And so you never know who's hearing how they're hearing. And so to trust people with their own hearing, trust people with their own lives, um, I think is a big piece of that, like curiosity and all in humility. And right. with the books going like, I trust you with your feelings. I trust you with your big questions. I trust you with your big ideas. Uh, there's, I don't need to control any of that. Like, right. We can have this mutual like room for each other. Right. And, and I mean, that's, that's so good because yeah, we do always expect to, to have a, a moral of a story. The point, what's the point? Yeah. And the point was the story. Like yeah. the point was like there, there's no, the point and the point is your point. What is your point? Like that, yeah. like, I don't know what your, what you got out of it is. Now you could ask me, for instance, if I told a story and you're like, what does that mean to you? Like, how do you mm -hmm. interpret that? That's mm -hmm. cool. Because now I'm just going to share my perspective, which right. might be helpful for you. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, it's not, it's not the, the point is to not get to the point. Yes. Um, and it's funny because there's a, there's a in the spiritual tradition that i'm invested in um yeah. there's a a guy named swami vivekananda 
and mm-hmm. I and he's very power. He's a very powerful um, person. He was, mm-hmm. and I sometimes I would get intimidated because I wouldn't understand the concepts, or I wouldn't totally agree with everything, or I would be like I wasn't ready to like absorb something. And yeah. then I read one part, one story of someone who like critiqued him at, at like a you know he said I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah. And he said, well then take what works for you and That's leave cool. leave the rest. And it was just like so much pressure let off where I was like, okay, so if that works now, yes. If it doesn't, no, I don't have to, I go to the grocery store. I don't have to get everything. I just get what I need, get what I get, what, what works with my taste, but like my palate, Mm -hmm. what works with my palate. And I get out, I don't have to just be like, well, I'm here. I have to take in everything. That's right. Which makes me think of what you said earlier with, you know, kind of like the incremental growth, what we're ready for at any given time. And then you would hope that, you know, in years from now, I would hope that what, what I would have chosen at the grocery store at this moment mm-hmm. is probably way different than, than right. that moment. And it's just what I was ready for at the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eight-year-old me would be, well, we, we would get pizza. Both of us would get pizza, but That's right. across the board, <laughs> yeah, like there's, okay. There's some fundamental truths in life. And pizza that, is one of p- them. Pizza's one of Agreed. Them. But there's also a lot of stuff that I would, would have bought then that I wouldn't buy now because my yeah. palate has changed and my understanding and experience of the world has changed. So different yeah. ideas are going to be the same way. Yeah. I actually love that. So yeah. Um, well, we, I think we're, we're coming close to an hour. So yeah. I always end with the same. Two, I know that was very good. I love that. I say, yeah. and this is a thing I, sometimes I get nervous, but always get a little nervous because there's an unknown. Um, but, uh, there's sometimes where I just feel beforehand. I'm like, I don't think I need to prep that much. Yeah. And this one, I was like, I don't know why I could be wrong, but I don't think I need to prep that much. And I'm glad that you've proved me right. Um, yeah, I felt that with your email when okay said you know I we're just gonna see what happens. I was like, yeah, I I think I I think that's that feels right. So yeah, and it I think we were right because we we did it. But we have I have two more questions because I ask these to every guest that yeah. comes on. So the first one is based off the premise of why I started this, which in in some form was just to share things that yeah. I think were cool or cool bands and cool songs and cool ideas and cool books and whatever yeah. whatever i think because it's just i think a human nature to be like hey look at this look what i found i found this thing and it helped me yeah. so um if you could make a suggestion to the listeners and it could be a book it could be a practice it could be uh, it could be a tv show that you like right now or, or yeah. anything anything at all um just what comes to mind when i say could you suggest something yeah and i you know i've talked a, a good bit about it so far but i i'll put another pin in just the practice of all because i'm uh searching for all right now you know that and that came from working with my therapist just after uh you know some some things that had a series of things that had just taken the color out of my world mm-hmm. and um you know we worked for a long time on on boundaries and uh essentially i i went in one day and i said you know we've talked a lot about like boundaries and kind of the uh the what the what not to say yes to but I'm really aching for what to say yes to right now that can like help my my world not be so gray um because I'm getting to those points um at this 
at this time in life at that particular juncture where I was like what is the point of this you know and she said just kind of casually she suggested that book um all the new science of everyday wonder and she said if you you might just consider like looking for all a little bit and it has been it's been uh, transformative for me in this season just to remember oh yeah there is there's some vibrancy here that can be accessed that I, I didn't really know how to get to for a while so wow it's like a little scavenger hunt for awe <laughs> yeah and yeah. to go I don't know. I feel like my heart beats a little more each time I find something and I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I am alive. Okay. And being alive is good. And yeah, it's so whatever, whatever that means to, to whoever hears it, but that's, yeah. Yeah. I I love that. It's such a good one. And I think it's so always useful. (laughs) It's always, I was going to say so often, I was like, no, I think that's always useful. And yeah. And just to just to premise this, because I always I always picture myself when I'm at my darkest or other people who are if they're listening and they're just like sometimes it just this stuff sounds like trash. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? But in those it's just like it's not always accessible. It's all you're talking about is keeping an eye out. Just keeping an eye out. Yeah. That's and it. and that particular book has he's got like eight different things to look for so it, it's also there's some practical pieces to it where cool. it's not just ambiguous and cool. like go out and and be an intentional person you know but it's like right. look for these things uh okay. and which i i always appreciate because i'm like great give me some direction I, just you know, a little bit i i love that you said that because i find myself <clears throat> the deeper that i get into spiritual ideas or yeah. talk to people who are you know quote unquote spiritual yeah. I I think that's my reoccurring question. Okay. So cool. I love it. Love the concept. How Wasn't is it practical? Yes. Practic practical. How can we yeah. use it? Like if it's not yeah. useful, then it's a story, it's a game. I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. But like yeah. and I don't mean that in like a a way where the to to cut out the the the, the romanticism and the I love the romanticism. I love right. the, I love like give me all of the 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 fluffy language and everything, yeah. but also give me, make sure it has practical use. That's right. What does this mean for my real life? What right. does this mean for my Tuesday? Right. Yeah. Cause it always yeah. means something. And that's yeah. at least I find that like, if I, if it's not practically useful, then sometimes it becomes a detriment because it starts making me think like, like we said, Oh, well, I'm not feeling that. So I'm doing it wrong. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah. okay, we got to watch it. Cause it's going to, that blade's going to cut one way or the other. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, that's a really great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So my last question then is based off the story of Peter Pan and mm-hmm. the, the lost boys yeah. Um, are in Neverland and they mm-hmm. get some pixie dust and then they think of a happy thought and that elevates them that makes them fly what's your happy thought no rush I don't know why I go back to this one so uh-huh. often but I have this so I used to work in my early 20s back and forth in Haiti mm-hmm. and uh I would take teams down to to do like medical trips and work in, in some orphanages. And there's this moment where like my, I had a group of friends that came down. It wasn't just a random team. It was a group of friends and we're riding in the back of this truck. And cause you know, we, there's 
we're just piled in the back of this Toyota and we're going through the mountains and the stars are out and they're not, there's no light pollution and the wind is whipping and we've just been at the beach and, and you can see like a little bit of the water. And I just remember feeling like absolutely alive and connected and at peace and unrushed and not afraid that the moment was just going to go away, uh, fully, fully present. And if I could bottle up that feeling, I'd just like take it every morning. Right. You'd be an addict. <laughs> yeah, I would. It was, it's just, I've had so many uh, bigger life moments that have happened since then. And I don't even remember, you know, the, the scenarios that like surrounded it, but um, I just remember feeling very, very connected. And right. that's, I think I would think of that moment, you know, if I'm using pixie dust and I'm trying right. to fly a you little know, bit. I love that because first of all, I like, I love the words you use because you add, because there's being present with things we've heard, but you said you felt unrushed. Yeah. Um, you felt connected, which is really what we're talking about. Like, because when you, the challenging feelings oftentimes come with a feeling of some kind of disconnect from yeah. your, yourself or your community or something's off. Yeah. And you just want to feel, and then you feel the rush to figure it out. So yeah. That, that idea that unrushed, first of all, unrushed really hit me. I think that's very useful. Unrushed. And then the, you know, just the idea, I, I find myself so often when I'm feeling, uh, this happened to me yesterday, I'm feeling uh, good and like, this is a great day. And I'm, and then immediately it's followed with, oh, but how soon is it going to leave? You know, <laughs> or uh, what, what bad's going to happen? And so just, I, I feel like there's so often the, um, kind of this undercurrent question of when's the shoe, you know, the next shoe going to drop. And the, I don't know, in for that moment and a few other moments in my life, I feel like I have gone, oh, I'm not worried that this is going to go away. Right. Um, I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. That yeah. And that's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just said that made a difference, I think for that. Right. Moment. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, it kind of speaks again to the the pursuing happiness thing. Yeah. And this is, and I, I know this is these, these ideas can always be challenged. So I don't want to say anything as a concrete fact, but when yeah. I first started, when I first started questioning the idea of pursuing happiness, I started recognizing that, like I said, it wasn't happiness I was attacking, but there was a difference between pursuing happiness and allowing yeah. joy. And I use joy yeah. just to use different words because yeah. language language works that way um right. but i i allowing joy i think was something that unfortunately sometimes it comes when uh, unexpectedly because that's yeah. when you're you're open enough for it that's to just right. kind of flood in yeah um and i think so this is the this means the process of opening is our is our yeah. work to do because the more open the more allowing these joyful feelings yeah. or these unrushed feelings or these connected feelings because even joy is pretty heavy yeah. so you could yeah, even right. use any of the words you just used and but allowing versus pursuing i think is something i hear from that story it's something i whether it's that's the point i'm taking or no I, no i think i think that feels very right to me too and a, a few things that you've said allowing um and but then also i think earlier uh, instead of reacting, like reflecting, there's a, um, 
there's an open hand instead of like a, a white knuckle like aspect right. that I think right. is yeah uh yeah because i mean you clench i mean you can only clench for so long that's you right. literally can't clench, but like you got to let the blood flow you got to like let and that's what happens when you when you have that open hand i love the open hand image too because you even see that in spiritual images you see yeah. you know an open hand happens yeah. a lot like you don't yeah. see a lot of clenched fists um, yeah there's a vulnerability to it though right it's you know it again puts a uh puts a risk factor to it but right yeah because sometimes might... there there are things that yeah you you got to clench for you know yeah. but oftentimes yeah that vulnerability the fear that that comes with an open hand is real mm-hmm. and what it makes possible right yeah. what a weird thing we're doing being people but being human <laughs> so human. weird it's the weirdest thing i don't remember signing up but uh, apparently we did strange experiment right i signed a line somewhere maybe yeah and... <laughs> yeah for sure okay well first of all or first of all last of all some yeah. almost almost last of all thank you again um thank for you. being this on i want great. yeah this has really been awesome um so where can we find the books let's get that let's talk let's just throw that out there where's the best place to get the books um all yeah. of that yeah, really any any place that people are excited about buying books, uh, you can find my books at. You can find them online. Uh, the Big Big series is in most um, Barnes and Nobles as well oh. as far as. And then, of course, if you ask your independent bookstore, they'll they'll order them or your libraries will order them. And uh, and then you can find me online. I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram, Brittany Winley, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-W-I-N-N-Lee. Uh, and, uh, then that's, that's the same brittanywinley.com is my, is my website. Perfect. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for um, having me on. yeah, I'm going to stop this recording and say one more thing. Thanks for listening. Remember you are always everything. Bye.